With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at four past six on your Tuesday. Uh, Izzy, good morning. Let's let's address address what we finished with yesterday. <laughs> Did you manage to fix your irrigation system? I uh, just turned it off. Just in the plane, switcheroo, turned it to off and uh, another, a job that shall be... Fixed today, uh, probably not today. I've got more important things like golf to do post this. Uh, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. But I found the problem, mm. and I, I I lifted up the drip line, and it is burnt like buggery. It is so burnt. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you idiot. Absolute idiot. So, uh, yeah, look, it's... Uh, it's not a big problem. I'll just basically have to cut the end off and then put a stopper in it. Yep. And then the drip line will potentially just won't reach probably one plant. But that's okay. Um, you know, water does fantastic things. We know how crazy water is. It can travel many distance. So I'm sure it will be able to reach the plants and, and everything will be okay. But I haven't. The problem is I haven't told the wife yet. Um, oh yeah, I turned it off just before she's seen it. Uh, I don't want to. She'll call me what everyone else on here has called me an absolute <laughs> idiot um, for doing it. So uh, that, that's the jobs. I've got. I've got a few jobs that um, I need to do around this life sentence block. Um, <laughs> the life sentence. I sp- block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mate. Lifestyle. Pff, where's the lifestyle in it? It's life, hard work. Um, yeah, like I, I sprayed my grass when I went away. Well, I didn't. Someone else sprayed it. And it's killed off a lot of the, the bad grass. So I've got to go through and scarify and do all what you need to do and then reseed it, which will be done in the next week or so. Just got to find a day because I'm playing golf three times this week. Ooh. <laughs> Busy man, busy man. <laughs> Social calendar, look at you. Uh, who are you, who no, you playing no, with? No, uh, today, playing with Will Jordan, Dave Harvelli. Going to have a catch up with those boys. Haven't seen them since they've been back for the World Cup. So yep. it'd be good to get some gravy from them. And then you know what I'll do on the golf course. I'll mm. try and force one of them to come on the show to maybe tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. So uh, who, who would we like? David Harvelli or Will Jordan? Let us know. Um, I'll, I'll get them on next couple of days. They don't know that yet, but hey. That's what happens. It's the I'll, price I'll of golf with Izzy. And then Wednesday's just our Wednesday group. And Friday's actually a day at Pegasus Golf Club. They're doing a fundraiser for I Am Hope. So Mike King's down doing a Q&A and uh, going to head along to that. So big week Are you going to play fun. the round in gumboots? I hadn't even thought of that. Hmm. I don't know what how you'd you go, re- eh? Yuck. 
Well, I've got some gum. I've got some Gumboot Friday um, gumboots mm. that are relatively comfy. Uh, look, you know what? I'll do it. So I'll, I'll play I'll, out on Friday and go in gumboots, if we're in carts, because I ain't walking. I was going to say, I don't want you to ruin yourself, because, uh, yeah. I, we, we had a guy while you were away, we had a guy on who is a mate of Kempe's uh, from the Naki, who did uh, the Auckland Marathon in gumboots for I Am Hope. Oh, yeah. Ruined okay, his so feet. if it's walking, if it's walking, you know, I've got no excuses, mate. Just harden up, yeah. Israel. So uh, that's a good shout. And I'm sure there'll be others there. There's a few few pundits playing, so going to head along and play that um, that as well. So big week, big week, and uh, plenty of jobs to be done. But they'll get done when I'm ready. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. How many pairs of gumboots do you own? <laughs> just just quietly. Two. I got two. See, because what well, I, I had do, only... you know what I'd do? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play my round of golf for my gumboots, but I would actually just cut the sole off. Two of the gumboots and pull them over your golf shoes, so it looks like you're wearing golf shoes, but it looks like you're wearing gumboots. <laughs> I know, eat you down there. That, that's a good shout. Um, you just yeah, cut cut the soles off so the bottom's got got sprigs and, and traction, and then have the rest all sorted. So nah, I'll, I'll think about that one for Friday, uh, Rick Dog. My golf game's in horrid. I'm in horrible form. I'm in horrible, horrible form. What's what's gone? Uh, look, the I, what's the worst part? Ah, uh, look, this is my this is my reasoning anyway. Okay, you can laugh at me, but because I'm BA, yeah. And when I say BA, this is the name that uh, Stephen Rex Donald had for me all through <laughs> Queensland. BA is born again, born again, high and mighty, Mister Israel Dag. Well, because I'm born again, and I've started, um, I've started training. Pretty much every day, I get a tight back. Oh yeah! So my back's real tight, and um, uh, stuffing up my golf game. So I'm thinking, should I go back to being big and lazy, or should I just continue on this this training setup? Because it's, it's, my golf game's gone out the door. Now, this probably will not surprise you, but I'm not a doctor. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, but from what I understand, if you're having back problems, the best way to fix it yeah. is to strengthen your abs. Because one holds oh. the other, so if you if you if your abs are strong, your back will be all right. Do you want me to show you my abs? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> have you got, have you got more, more than core. one? I've done more core in the last two months than I did throughout my entire career. Do you know when you're on when you're on tour, you have a lot of self reflection. You're thinking, okay, so we're in Australia for thirty days. I think me and Beaver and myself every morning we went to the gym probably twenty five out of or twenty six days out of the whole time. So we went and trained and I had a every day I got up and I did a hundred sit ups and a hundred press ups to start the morning. Without a doubt. So I've I've gone down that core and I had the same philosophy. I saw if you have a tight core, I kept telling my neighbour who's got a sore back, just strengthen your core bro, it's yeah. good for your back. Well, I've done that, and my back's got worse. Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, so, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look. I'm, I'm, uh, mate, anyway, I'll, I'll see what happens. I'm sure my back will be fine. But, uh, you know, take the gumboots off before you walk on the greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so my plan's looking better and better, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. But I don't want to be taking off my gumboots every time I walk on the green. What's worse, gumboots or bare feet? I reckon bare feet's worse. On the green? Yeah, on the green because, you know, obviously the shape of your your foot, your, your heel mm. will go into the into the green. It will probably cause a little bit more damage. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I thought greens would be firmer than that. Uh, some of them are. Yeah. Probably around this time of the year, you wouldn't even know it with the weather we've got at the mm. moment. Um, they might be firming up. But, yeah, winter, definitely no-no. No, no, no. Okay. no, no. Mind you, New Zealand winter, you don't want to walk it anywhere and be a feet, do you? Not less well, it's winter all year round, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like it's like Game of Thrones wasn't a joke. It's like <laughs> winter is coming and it's not going anywhere. Oh my! Mate, honestly, what is going on with this weather here? Look, I hate to do it, but I was in a, you know that whole month in Australia, thirty degrees every day. Come back here, we've had one day, and then the rest has been cloudy, cold, and miserable. I've got my heat pump on. Have you? And it's summer. I've got my heat pump on. I'm here in jandals and shorts, mate. <laughs> oh, cut it out. I mean, I'm in shorts and, and T-shirt, but it's still cold. It's horrible. But anyway, there's plenty coming up, uh, Rick Doyle. What have we got coming on the show, brother? Well, I managed to track down uh, Jeremy Brockie, the former All-White, uh, yesterday. Nice. Um, so I had a chat to him yesterday. He's up in Townsville now, which uh, you, you've been to mm. recently, um, because his teammate, well, former teammate, Terry McFlynn, an Irishman, uh, they they played together at Sydney, has just been named the director of football for this new A-League mm. franchise. So we thought we'd get a handle on what sort of bloke uh, Terry McFlynn was. Uh, then on top of that, I managed to track down Terry McFlynn, who's in Perth. So I came in nice. here last night to pre-record a chat with him. And then I have uh, promises on promises on promises from Mike Angove that he won't forget to pick up his phone. Uh, so he's coming on <laughs> after 8 o'clock. So, yeah, it's a busy old show. Beautiful, mate. Looking forward to that. And uh, Terry McFlynn, yeah, great, great get. Obviously, won the title with uh, Sydney FC in two thousand and five in the inaugural inaugural season of that. So he knows what success looks like. Mm. And will he be able to transition the success to a a new team next October twenty twenty four when the Auckland FC team? What are the names? Like, what do you feel this team is going to be called? Well, that's a, it's, that's the million-dollar question, is he? And they haven't given us a, any indication yet. They've said that they want to go and do some due diligence on this because mm. uh, Bill Foley, who owns it, yeah. he his uh, alumni at West Point, he's a West Point graduate, was the Black Knights, right? So he okay. so he's got the Vegas Golden Knights, so he likes to build that yeah. into team names. However, I don't know if you remember this, the A-League team that used to be in Auckland uh, and was a complete uh, train wreck, was called the Knights. So people are ah. like, oh, we can't have that again. So, so Did they have a team in the A-League? Yeah. So Wow. So it used to be the National Soccer League, the NSL, and it, that, was the, oh, yeah. that was the Kings, right? And then they decided, right, we're going to do this new thing, the A-League. And so the Kings bit the dust with, along with a lot of the other teams, and they launched the Football Knights out of Auckland, and they lasted yep. two seasons uh, and then basically fell over halfway through the second season and then uh, Terry Serapisos bought them and took them to Wellington and they became the Phoenix. Okay. What about the Blue Knights? The Blue Knights? That's, yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I, I kind of thought maybe he'll go the other way and he'll keep black in the name, given that it's a New Zealand thing, right, with the All Blacks and everything, and he might go something like, you know, uh, trying to, Tie in something like Matariki and, and and the Southern, mm. you know, the Southern Cross. Maybe we go the Black Stars. Okay, maybe. Okay, yeah, nice. Well, well they... nice. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see see what, what like are they going to have a community influence input from this, or is it basically what Foley wants? He's gonna he's gonna get. He, surely he'll go 
into the community, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a billionaire from Texas, mate. So at the end of the day, he can do what he likes. Yeah. But I, I think that, yeah. that they're savvy enough to know if they want people to get behind the team, mm. that they need to have some input. You know, um, things yeah. they can't go with as it as it stands. Auckland City, because there's already an Auckland City. There's already an Auckland United, and because yep. you know, I mentioned yesterday, Auckland City tried to get an A League license, and I know yep. they have copyrighted the name Auckland FC. So those three uh, are off the table unless he buys the name of, of someone. So okay, yeah. So that's that's where we are at the moment on that on that. On well, that money's not a problem. I wouldn't be surprised. There you go. No, exactly. All right, <laughs> so let's do this. So let's get into this round one. Fight. Triple threat, the three big questions of the day. Bowden Barrett is back in black and in blue for 2025. Is this good news? Or from a New Zealand rugby point of view, is it time to move on from Bowden and look for the next 10 to back up Damian McKenzie? Uh, I think it's great news. And you knew I was going to say that. But I think it, I think it actually is. Because there are, outside of Damian McKenzie, like it's pretty slim. At the moment, like, four years is a long time. Someone might pop up, and it ain't 100% assured that, that Bowden's going to be there. But right now, as it, as it sits, it's Dave McKenzie, you got Stephen Pitafeta, and then you got Bowden Barrett. And when you have played 100... Like, he's not going to play fullback. He ain't playing fullback. That's Will Jordan's, that's, you know, someone else's his time and is to shine in that jersey. He will play 10, and whether he starts... Or whether he's on the bench or whether he's not even uh, in the 23, I'm, I'm happy with that. But right now, I think it's a great move for, for New Zealand rugby. Scott Robinson's come, down and pra- come out and praised it and, and spoken about uh, when you've got a guy that's, that's played a hell of a lot. Look, he is ageing, but so was Dan Carter in 2015, and he was having an horrible year, full of injuries, came through, won World Player of the Year, won the World Cup. So I, I think it's great I, I, whether he's going to have the same impact and speed and, and endurance that he's had in the past. You know, time will tell. How's he going to end up after playing a season in Japan? Is he going to come back the same player? We don't know. But right now, you you take the punt with what we have on our in our ranks, and it's very limited. Without Richie Mwanga and others, it's very limited. So I'm happy with it. Okay. All right. I just looked at it from the point of view as that Bowden Barrel will be 36 come the next World Cup. And mm. and is that our primary focus? Are we always just looking to if you're going to be around for the next World Cup? Um, well, it's it's security as as an athlete. You know, mm. you always want security. You, we want security in this job, don't we? Like we'll try and push for the longest contract we can get. And from a Blues perspective, I know that the majority of the deal was made up from the from the Blues, so they're probably putting more of the. Uh, the uh, the fish in the pie and to secure his his you know his work throughout the next four years. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any any problem with it. Okay, all right. What about you, Rick Dog? What about me? Well, I, I'm kind of leaning to the wards the part of I think we've seen the best of him, and I don't think he's going to get any better. Mm. Um, yeah, and you know he's 32 now. He'll come back to Super Rugby and the All Blacks at 33. And like I said, he'll be 36 by the world time the World Cup comes around. Is he just stopping the flow of talent coming through? I look at Luke Cashmore and Caleb Trask and even Ruben Love and um, Aidan Morgan and guys like that. Is he going to stop their progress? Nah, he won't stop it. Look, the reality is no one's bigger than the team. 
And if you're not playing well, you know, like, uh, Razor will make that call. Definitely, you know, like, in, in that final, love the bloke, but you probably could have taken off a Bodie at half-time and put on Damien with what Damien showed in that last 10 minutes. Like, that's the reality. If you're not good enough, you know, no one's bigger than the team. He's got a chance to come over and show his signs, and if not, he gets it wrong, then someone else will fall the gap. I think there's still going to be opportunity for other people to show their talent. Mm. Can you hear what you think? Double eight, double three. Round two. Tohu Harris has re-signed for two more seasons with the Warriors. That is massive for them, given the Adam Fanua Blake scenario. Do you think that'll signal uh-huh. more players to commit? Uh, I think it's a hell of a start, 100%, when you've got Tohu Harris. And, and you just know how influential he is for that Warriors outfit. You know, he, he trains in the gym minimal, but what he does in the park, on the field, and in the training, his presence is just world class. Like, he's got so much respect in that squad. And when you've got your captain and inspirational leader leading from the front, I'm sure plenty others will follow. But that Adam Fanoa Blake scenario is, is a fishy one. I know I saw a photo when I was in Australia of him and Phil Gould having a wee catch-up and mm. uh, in secrecy. Or oh, not so secret. Oh, Phil Gould can't go anywhere without getting papped. But um, there's, there's chat about Kurt Capewell, you know, coming from the, from the Bronx. Mm. Mate, it'd be a hell of a get. If, if they're able to secure him, I think that fills the gap of, of Adam Fanoa Blake and probably better than Adam Fanoa, if, if that's funny to say. But, you know, Adam's really, really good and he had a great season. But toward the end, he probably fatigued a little bit. We didn't see the impact that he had throughout the start of the season, middle stages. Kurt Capewell's a fit bloke. And I'm sure he, if, if we're able to secure him, that would be an awesome signing for this team. Round three. All right, and finally, uh, the English Rugby Union are looking at a version of the Gitto rule. Uh, so changing their stance on players who play top 14. Now, at the moment, they cannot select Joe Marchant, David Ribbons, or Jack Willis because they all play in the top 14, so they're not eligible for the England rugby team. So if they do this and they change and go to some sort of Gitto rule type thing to be able to select their best players, do you think that is a knock-on effect will put pressure on the NZR to do something? Um, I think NZR will, will make their own decisions when need, but uh, I, I think it's a fair point. And when you think about it more deeply, like you, you think when we have a ghetto law, so say you've played 50, 40, 50 tests for the All Blacks and you want to head overseas and fill your pockets, you're not quite top of the, the pile here, but you're, you're somewhere middle, but, you know, in the middle late stages in terms of the picking order. You go offshore. That I think with that rule, it still secures New Zealand's um, kind of strength in numbers in terms of the provincial game. Mm. You know, like we, we're stopping players from going overseas that haven't played test rugby, that still want to play test rugby, and they're still driven by the opportunity of playing for their country, to stay in this country. When you've done your time for a... For a period of amount of time, like 40, 50 games, you go overseas and, and you still have the opportunity to play. Like, this is, like, perfect for Richie Moonga, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, you go overseas and you've played 40-odd, 50 tests and you've still got an opportunity to come back. I, I think 100% New Zealand rugby need to look at something like that because Ghetto Law came in because of, obviously, the 2015 Rugby World Cup and you saw what it did to them. They nearly won the Rugby World Cup. Um, so... If we're going to lose a lot of strength in players to offshore, 
I think they need to have a look at it, 100%. It sounds very much like uh, this is something the players came up with in camp during the Rugby World Cup, if you read between the lines. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, Owen Farrell was asked about it, and he said, we yep. want the best players to play for England, and if they're not in the Prem at the moment, they're not able to play for England. So it's as simple mm. as an answer can be. Uh, yep. as Owen Farrell's saying. So, yeah, it's interesting. It will be one to watch. That is for sure. Keen to hear your thoughts, double eight, double three on all those topics. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. 6.28, you can get us on 0800 150 811 or double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort and plenty of text through, Izzy. Morena, guys, maybe Izzy should change his name to Frank Spencer with all his mishaps. That one's from Barry. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> but, might be a bit like that, Might be a bit far. Hey. Uh, morning, boys. Uh. Izzy, you know a large part of golf's mental. So if you think you're in bad form, then your bad form will continue. Mark, that's from Mark, who and then bracket says yeah. my form's crap at okay. the moment. By the way, yeah, look, he's got a fair shout. I'm going to go into this game and I'm going to talk it up from the get go. Mm-hmm. Talk it up and I'll see how it goes. Okay, I'll get, I'm pretty chirpy on the golf course. I'll, I'll no. get in and I'll remind them. A little bit. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. What a surprise. Um, keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. Somebody's texted through. They like the Tamaki Villas FC for the uh, for the name of the Auckland football team. Tamaki Villas. Something okay. Di- something a bit different. Uh, and It's got to be something FC, surely. Yeah, you'd hope so. Auckland FC, they'd go buy those rights, but whether there's enough money. Yeah. Well, what is enough money? For that, if, if Auckland FC are going to sell it, what well, well, could potentially be a good sum? Well, given that Auckland FC's copyrighted as like and uh, not copyrighted, what you call it, as registered as a business, mm. then I suppose you know, and then the business isn't going ahead. What do you take? Hundred grand, something like that, for something you're not doing anything with. It's just sitting there. Oh, I was thinking, man, it's it's Foley. He's a billionaire. I'll chuck a mill on there. Yeah, all right, sweet ass. There you go. And that's why you have a life sentence block and I don't. Um, <laughs> remember, we also have a prize for the best text of the day, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances this Christmas and all at unbeatable prices. The text of the day uh, will score themselves a Christmas franchise pack from our friends at Chemist Warehouse. So keep those rolling through. Double eight, double three. Here's Ada. Aroha with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Bunnings Trade helping power through to the end of the year. Time for some sports news headlines for you. And Tiger Woods said he expects to be able to play one event per month in 2024 after making his return to competitive golf at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. The 15-time major winner finished 18th in the 20-player field at the tournament, which he hosts for the benefit of his charity. It was the former world number one's first event since withdrawing uh, during the Masters in April due to injury, and then he underwent ankle surgery. He said this, once a month seems reasonable, it gives me a couple of weeks to recover and a week to tune up, maybe I can get into some sort of rhythm. He said he was looking forward to playing in the PNC Championship, formerly the Father and Son Challenge, on December the 14th in Orlando, along with his son, Charlie. Swiss-based team Sauber could surprise with their new Formula One name for next season after the departure of Alfa Romeo as title sponsor. That's according to the team rep Alessandro Bravi, the team's deal to race as a Stellantis brand Alfa Romeo after being Sauber ended this year. They will become the Audi factory outfit 
in 2026. In Formula One, the team name is also depending from a commercial partnership, Bravi said. On the 10th of December, as soon as the FIA published the entry list, we will of course announce our new team name. I think it will be quite a surprise. He also said that there would be no branding on the Audi, on the Audi, there'd be no Audi branding, I should say, on the car before 2026. So must be signing an interim sponsor. Okay, interesting. What's going to surprise people? Is it, what, is, it, is, it going to, is it going to be a Hyundai, Kia? Is that the sort of surprise he's talking, or are we going something else? Uh, yeah, I think he's going something else, isn't he? Yeah. It has to be something nice and luxurious, or will you just go for the, the plain hind by Kia? Well, I tell you what, Robbie's good, saying good cars, though. Robbie's saying Fiat, but Fiat's owned by Ferrari, so it won't be that. But I'll tell you what wouldn't yeah. surprise me is you get somebody like uh, Manchester City or mm. PSG, owned by those nation states, those oil-rich nation states that have got plenty of coin that want to get involved. You could just have a Manchester City team or a PSG team. Mm. That could be the car. Okay. Throwing that okay. out there. Throwing that, just well, something the- different. Well, you're never going to match you with those buggers because every time you watch them driving in and out of their, their, their uh, training bases, mate, they're all in Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all their team sponsored Audi A4s or yeah, Q4s. Exactly. So there you go. It's, it's an option. <laughs> it's an option. Wait, yeah. December 10, that's what, five days away. So we will see on mm. that front. Okay. Uh, an ankle injury, which Kenny Pickett suffered in week 13, will force him to miss time, but it might not be season-ending. That's the Steelers' starting quarterback. He's undergoing yep. surgery today. The Steelers won't replace, uh, won't place Pickett on the injured reserve, though. Doing so would require him to uh, at least a four-week absent, which would pretty much rule him out for the rest of the campaign. Pickett will miss the game this Friday. So Mitch Trubitsky is going to handle starting duties uh, against the Patriots. He's there as their backup at the moment. Catch every I'm glad NFL. you brought it up. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. What's uh, that? The NFL, because I know you had a wee dabble yesterday. Yes, I had a wee dabble. And well, my, my Panthers nearly beat your bucks, but no, didn't get there. No. But 49ers destroyed the Eagles. They did. And the 49ers have been doubt, touted as the best team in the NFL right now. Brock Purdy. On a heater. Yeah, and they, they put on those points late too because at the end, I think it was the end of the first quarter, it was 6-0 to Philly. Yeah. Right, you know, so and I was looking at that and I was like, okay, so they've kicked two field goals, so it, not everything's going their way on offense, but defensively they're sound because that's the thing with Philly is they win their games through defense, right? They just stop other teams scoring. Uh, but they weren't able to do that yesterday, and that, that surprised me against the 49ers because the 49ers are missing a couple of key pieces who have been injured and are out for the season. So I kind of thought they wouldn't quite have enough against the Eagles where I went that, when I went that way. Um, but not only that, because I, I thought, oh, I'm going to miss this by one. I might, I'll get a bonus bet. That'll be fine. But then, yeah. but then Robbie's Green Bay turned over the Chiefs as well. So <laughs> the Taylor Swift curse is real. Yeah, what, what's happening there, mate? They've lost two on the trot. Brett's come through. Niners rolled the Eagles and Philly. KC losing their second game in a row going down to Green Bay. Packers have a soft run now, getting tight in both conferences from yeah. Brett. Yeah, pretty big Dolphins, man. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Um, that I didn't. I, I think this is going to be it's one of the tightest NFL seasons I can remember. You know, generally there was always a team that would run, run away and be clear favourites, but this, this season it, it's not playing out that way. I mean, I think most people still expect it to be a Chiefs-Eagles final, uh, you know, Super Bowl, but I don't know. 
I'm not convinced now. I, I think it could be it could be anything, um, and I, I think well, there's more surprises to come. We'll go through the conferences. Dolphins uh, leading the AFC East, AFC West. The Chiefs in the Bronx, uh, pretty much evenly squared. And then you got AFC North. You got the Ravens leading that. AFC South, the Jaguars. The Jaguars can't believe it that they've found something. And then we go to the National Football Conference. We got the Eagles leading that. Uh, the East, the West. You got Forty Niners. You got the North. You got the Lions, and then you got the South. You got the Falcons, who have come from nowhere. And uh, Mariota is he still playing for the Falcons? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And he was as a Vegas, as a Raiders fan, he was our number two to Derek Carr, and we let him go. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a great move. Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic move. Anyway, uh, you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. Bunnings Trade is here to help you with your new phone service, 134 Trade. Call 0800 134 872 for support on all things trade. Yeah, I, that, mate, as it goes it goes further on with a few injuries and, a th- and, and things, it, it's really evening up and it's as bloody hard to pick. I mean, who would have thought the Detroit Lions would come from, you know, last, they've been threatening it for a little while, but mm. they always seem to, they'd always seem to shoot themselves in the foot. And this season, they've just come out of the block screaming. Absolutely screaming. I, I've watched very little of the NFL. I've caught up a little bit of when you know, Monday night football, or Thursday uh, night football, you see the old game, but I'll have to have a wee catch up because, I don't know, my Panthers are horrible, so I don't really watch it. Yeah, fair enough. My team sucks, so I don't watch it. Uh, it is 20 away from seven. Uh, we'll do Love Racing next. 16 away from seven on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, 0800 811 or double eight double three. Time for a Love Racing update. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Izzy, and uh, you got some news for us. Yeah, talented middle distance specialist and million dollar earner, Defibrillate has been retired. The son of Shocking was bred by co-trainer Graham Richardson alongside the McIntyre family and both parties remaining in the ownership alongside several other close friends, including fellow trainer Lance O'Sullivan and former black cat Brendan McCullum. Defibrillate commenced his racing career in Richardson's Matamata stable winning two of his first three starts before relocating across the Tasman to join Patrick Payne's Victorian operation in 2019. Defibrillate uh, flourished under Payne's care, went on to record eight victories in Australia, including stakes-level crowns in the listed Lord Stakes, 1,700 metre, and back-to-back wins in listed Mornington Cup prelude. The Gelding also finished a commendable six in the Group 1 Australian Cup 2,000 metre, finishing less than two lengths, behind the winner, Homesman. He won three listed races over there. Sadly, we couldn't get over there much due to COVID, but I managed to get one of his races when he won at Flemington, Richardson said. Having collected more than Australian 750000 in prize money and contending with tough handicapped weights, Defibrillate returned to Richardson stable last year. The evergreen eight-year-old continued his stellar form, finishing third in the Group 1 Livermore Classic, fresh up, with a victory soon following in the Group One, uh, Group Three Bal, Balmerino Stakes at Pukekohe, Defibre earned a well-deserved Group One title with his decisive performance at the Group One Zabil Classic on Boxing Day last year, bringing his earnings over one million dollars. We've retired him. He's had a couple of bad incidents and in races, and hasn't been the same since. 
But he certainly earned his way, said Richardson, who trains in partnership with Rogan Norvell. I'm glad I went with him to Wanganui on Saturday. I felt like he needed to either improve or ha, he'd tell us he wants a good holiday, which is what he deserves. So there you go, Baz McCullum. We've all heard it on these airways. The Fribillate gave us so much joy and excitement. Well, it's retiring and uh, a well-deserved retirement. Yeah, nice work. All right, Izzy, uh, there's the news. Uh, Baz's horse, when you said Baz's horse is retiring this morning, I thought you went, ah, you meant Stokes, because, I mean, probably like him and the cricket are both broken down. Uh, But there you go, it's a whole different story. Uh, Featuring (laughs) featuring Peking Duck, Sir Dave Dobbin and the Black Seeds, it's one hot ticket, thegrandtour.nz. Get amongst it. 13 away from seven. Jeremy Brocky up next. It's seven away from seven. 0800 150 811 or 8833 is how you get hold of us. It was announced yesterday that the uh, new director of football for this new Auckland A-League franchise is former Sydney FC player Terry McFlynn and a bloke that played with Terry as former all-white former Phoenix player as well, Jeremy Brocky. He joins us uh, from Australia. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, and the uh, reason we got you on today is because yesterday the news came out that this new Auckland A-League franchise that we still don't have a name for uh, has announced your former teammate, Terry McFlynn, uh, from your days at Sydney FC, as the director of football. What did you make of that announcement, and how excited are you about having a team in Auckland? Yeah, firstly, uh, it's very exciting uh, to have another A-League team uh, in the country, I think. Everyone will be watching with anticipation as more announcements get made in due course. But um, I'm pretty sure everyone's looking forward to to marking that first derby in, in the calendar as well. Um, hopefully, there's some cheap flights from from the far north to to attend it. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, Terry McFlynn, I think it's a great start. Um, I don't have too many fond memories of my time um, at Sydney F- F- FC, apart from living in Bondi, but. Um, Terry McFlynn was probably one of a, of a few that actually made me feel really welcome uh, when I joined the club. Uh, a really nice guy, always wore his heart on his sleeve and a, a real leader on and off the pitch that sort of led the way in, in, in the team culture and environment sort of stuff. So I think um, from a from a first-up appointment um, for, for the new club, um, it's, a, it's a positive one and, and heading in the right direction. What kind of bloke is he? He's he's a bloke that when you cross the white line onto the pitch, um, he, he turns and he, he brings out that winning mentality, um, leadership, that never say die sort of attitude. Uh, but then off the pitch, he's a guy that you can really have a good deep conversation with, have a laugh and a joke and and a bit of banter. So I think when you when you look at trying to build an environment um, of a successful team. Uh, he's he's got the bits of bits of everything that that could possibly um, make it something special. Of course, he is from Northern Ireland. How did you have much trouble understanding him? Oh, I had to have a few beers with him first, so <laughs> then I could we were both speaking the same language. <laughs> <laughs> outstanding, mate! Outstanding. I mean, Terry uh, captain Sydney for a long time, and he was there I think till about twenty nineteen. Then he's been over in Perth. In the meantime, he's done a bunch of coaching badges and things. But leadership, you said he he always showed. Um, what about tactical now? So was he kind of like the manager on the pitch as well? Yeah, there was a couple of older um, leaders that probably took that that reign at that time. When I when I played with Terry, he was still relatively young, um, but his understanding of the game um, and he was always never the flashiest player. 
Um, but what you knew you were going to get from him was a 90-minute consistent performance um, and, and he'd always be there as a teammate to back you up in any sort of situation um, and, and never would give up right until the final whistle. So I think those those types of things um, really um, made him into the, to the player he was. From my memory, he was a real combative midfielder, what you'd call a six these days. Um, what, what sort of player was he to play with? Yep, absolutely. Uh, when when we had small sided games in training, I was always hoped to be picked on his side because uh, if you're on his opposite team, you always know uh, when he's nearby because he'll if he doesn't get the ball, he'll make sure that you don't get past him. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got a few a few Terry McFlynn signatures on your shins. I do definitely. <laughs> yeah, outstanding, mate. And what about yourself, uh, Jeremy? What are you What are you doing with yourself these days up in uh, up in Townsville? Yeah, so we were um, obviously in South Africa for the for the back end of my playing professional career. Moved back uh, when COVID hit. Uh, my wife's parents are up here in Townsville, and we owned a house, so we thought that would be the easiest sort of move back to to some familiarity. Um, but then now I've started my own football academy, Jeremy Brocky Football. It's been going for about a year and a bit, and I'm getting some good success, a lot of a lot of kids on board and, and a couple of really experienced coaches that um that are making it uh, a fun environment for, for, for the kids of Townsville. Um it's a regional area, so opportunities um don't come around very often, but um sort of share that same similarity when I when I grew up in Nelson. Um so to be able to give back to some kids now, pass on my experiences is it's something that I'm uh, really looking forward to. But if the Auckland club come calling, uh, I'll, I'll pack my bags too. Yeah, well, you never know, <laughs> mate. Maybe it's time to give Terry a call for another one of those beers. Yeah, it might be. It's a long time since uh, I, I saw you get paraded at about 18 for the for the New Zealand Knights. So, you know, dreadlocks and, and all straight out of Nelson. I uh, know. Um, we, uh, we were on a... Um, a tournament a couple of years ago with my boy who's who's now nine years old and and the photos of me with the dreads came up and, oh. and from from then he goes I want to get them and I couldn't say no so he, goes, <laughs> he was here for a year and a half and now he's got the dreads so oh. following in the tradition yeah outstanding yeah outstanding yeah. mate uh, but his, his, his are a lot more prettier than mine might be oh good stuff mate and no, I I I know that your boy. Uh, Goes all right, uh, following in dad's footsteps. Um, I hope you've already got him to sign a disclaimer saying that he'll never consider to play for the Socceroos. Yes, I, I definitely have. And he actually said the other day, he goes, hey, dad, can we um, can we move to New Zealand at some stage? So I can see already see those New Zealand roots are start, starting to come out. He, he does have the dreadlocks like me too. So maybe maybe he's a little one following in my footsteps. <laughs> yeah, maybe, mate. Maybe he needs an East Coast summer with some LAB in his ears, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. That's what we're all about. Good stuff, Jeremy. I really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for that bit of insight. And uh, good luck with the Football Academy, eh? Awesome. Cheers. Thank you very much. There you go, Jeremy Brocky. <laughs> Mate, how's that? Your kid sees a picture of you with dreads as he's like, I want that. And you're like, oh, I can't say no. So now at nine, he's running around with dreadlocks. Yeah, look, it made me wonder if Arlo ever goes in and watches my old footage and goes, Dad, I want a receder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's got no hope with me. <laughs> so Arlo, don't follow Dad's hair, haircut. Well, they reckon that... Because he was lack of... They, re- they reckon you follow the the old hairline uh, through the men on your mum's side of the family. So what's Daisy's brother slash dad like? Dad's got heaps of hair. Oh, he'll be all right. He's then. got a full crop. Yeah, yeah. I followed mum's um, dad, and he's 
he was bold. Yeah. Very bold. So apparently that's where you follow. That's the line. That's the line. So you should be all right. I Arlo. was a big fan. I was a big fan of, of Jeremy Brockie. He's a hell of a player, and I always remember those uh, those luscious dreadlocks. They were bloody good, mate. Good get. And I'm looking forward to this next chat as well. Yeah, Terry McFlow, the head, is going to join us after 7 o'clock, the new director of football for the new A-League franchise out of Auckland. Right now, though, here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning. It is four past seven here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Bit of Arctic monkeys crying lightning for you. That'll get you up and moving on a uh, Tuesday morning, Israel. Oh, we're back now. Yeah. Back. I just took the, <laughs> took the headphones off. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Robbie, what is that? Oh. Look, no, I love it. All I heard was uh, rainy lightning afternoons. And it's only fitting for the weather that we have uh, here in New Zealand. So I can understand why you're playing it. Yeah, well, There's no reason playing hot, summery kind of good vibes because there is none here. We just heard from Araha that uh, thunderstorms and hailstorms uh, potentially for Auckland this <sighs> afternoon. So there you go. Looking forward oh, to that. Mate, honestly... Look, I'm on my high horse here after being in the Sunshine Coast, Coast Queen, Queensland for four weeks and not seeing uh, uh, any cloud whatsoever. Well, that's a lie. We went to the Sunshine Coast, which is sunny 300 days of the year, and it was cloudy every day. But other than that, beautiful weather. You can understand why a lot of Kiwis go to Aussie. You took some long white cloud with you by the sounds of it. Um, it is a <laughs> tradies hour with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Coming up, Mike Angove after 8 o'clock. He's part of uh, Junior Far and Deontay Wilder's camp. He hit this big 20, uh, December 23 card in Saudi. We'll catch up with him after 8, and uh, we will continue to take your calls and texts. Remember, we have that text competition. Text of the day will win themselves a fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse uh, because uh, we're doing that every day for the next two weeks and hooking you up with some fragrance ahead of Christmas as well. So keep your texts rolling in. I don't know if we've got any texts in the house, but lads, desperate technical question. I recently changed my TV setup to Amazon and Sky Sports Now. One problem, I can't find trackside TV. Uh, having to use my phone. Can anyone out there help me? Ryan from Red Beach. Ah, uh, I've had a situation, uh, Ryan. So Sky Sport now does not have trackside. If you want trackside, you've got to have Sky Go. And Sky Go on TVs is very limited, so you can only have it on laptop and your phone. So uh, what I'd say is if you have Apple TV, uh, what you do is you open up the app, and you go to the race and you stream it from the race through Apple TV back to your TV. And that's how you can get trackside. It's a bit of a mish. It's a bit of a, mig- a rigmarole, but that's the only way. Otherwise, yeah, basically you've got to have the, the decoder. There you go. There's no way around it. Trust I ho- me. I hope you're happy, Ryan. You go straight from the horse's mouth. Is EIT uh, <laughs> fixing things for you? All right, let's get into it because yesterday it was announced that the new Auckland A-League franchise had uh, confirmed their director of football. He is Terry McFlynn former Sydney FC player and captain as well, has been working over at the Perth Glory. He joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Ricardo. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Congratulations on the appointment. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an honour and a privilege to be uh, involved um, with a new franchise coming in. and Obviously, look, really looking forward to the challenge ahead. Now, how long have you known about this appointment? Because it, it seems to me that Bill Foley's not one to do things by halves and he'll have ducks in a row and we're only nine months out from kickoff. So I assume you've known this for a while? Um, not really. To be honest, Ricardo, we had a, a couple of conversations um, uh, about a month back. Um, so probably five, 
five to six weeks we've been uh, discussing what the role looks like, what the the project is. Um, you know, I was very excited to be involved in part of it from uh, the get go. So, yeah, it was just a, a matter of sitting together and, and working through what the logistics of it all um, looks like. And um, thankfully, now we're uh, had it announced and it's official, and we can, as you say, hit the ground running and, and start getting a few other appointments in place. Yeah, well, I guess that's your, that's your first job, right? Because uh, as a director of football, you'll have a certain style and a framework in mind. So you've got to find a coach that, kind of, I, I assume, sort of has ideas that align? Yeah, look, uh, you know, nothing singular in, in football and in business. So it'll be a collective uh, across the board to make sure that everything's aligned to what the, the vision of the football club is and also the community. Um, so for us, it's... It's about connecting with the community and making sure that we've got a, a football team that reflects the community on the park um, and the Auckland people and uh, bringing a lot of joy and success to the, to the lives of the Auckland people. That's what we, we want to do. And, um, but, yeah, we will have a, a certain style of football that we'll play that um, we want to make the people of Auckland proud to, to support the club. Yeah, mate. Well, it's been a long time between drinks for people in Auckland. They're having an A-League club, as I'm sure you're aware. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're certainly looking forward to it, mate. And I know that Auckland City FC, who you'll know have been... Uh, knocking around like Club World Cups and things for a while. They they also yep. tried to get a licence a while ago for the A-League. Is that somebody or a group of people that you'd like to sort of, um, you know, sort of tap for that local knowledge, given obviously they're based here, they've done the due, due diligence on a licence for this area? Yeah, look, definitely. Um, you know, we'll be, as I said, connecting with the community over the next coming weeks and months. Um, I want to get around and meet as many of the, the football clubs and football people um, involved in Auckland and, and bring them on the journey with us. You know, I think that the great thing with what the club offers um, beyond the A-League is obviously the multi-club ownership. And, you know, Bill's got a club in Bournemouth in the Premier League, Scottish Premier League with Hibs, Lorient in France. Um, so there's there's other avenues and we want to create a genuine pathway for young players in New Zealand um, beyond the A-League. So I think everyone in the football community in Auckland and the Northern region has got a, a part to play in that. And for us, we uh, see ourselves as a vehicle for all the clubs to, to help um, advance the careers of these young players in, in Auckland and the Northern region. Oh, well, well, we're looking forward to that uh, taking uh, taking place. But I know you've got a job at the moment over in Perth, uh, working with the, the academy and the women's team over there. How long before you make the shift? No, I actually finished that uh, role at Perth probably about 18 months ago. Um yeah, so I haven't been uh, working in the A-League for the last 18 months. I've been obviously following it as a supporter uh, for the first time in uh, 19 years. Obviously, I joined the A-League as a player back in 2005. Um, so, yeah, it was a welcome uh, break away from the A-League just to refresh and uh, recharge the batteries and, and get ready to go for this exciting project. Yeah. What, what did you do with those 18 months, Terry? Um, I spent a lot of time with my family, um, obviously <laughs> travelling uh, with football over, over an extensive period of time. Um, as a player, I left. Ireland when I was 16 and went straight into professional football and that, that took me through till I was 40 years old. So, um, yeah, spent a lot of time with the family um, and uh, actually started a, a player agency business. I was working as a, a FIFA agent for um, a period of time, helping some young players just on their journey as well. So um, I've suspended uh, the licence for that now, obviously, to come back into uh, full-time football in a club environment. So, um, yeah, look, really excited about the opportunity ahead um, and looking forward to to getting uh, over across to Auckland and, and meeting as many people as I can. How, how much time have you spent in Auckland? I know that you've got ties. Well, I don't know if ties is the right word, but I, I know you've got a relationship with Chris Sorosic, who's obviously an, an Auckland boy. I mean, have you spent yep. much time over here? Um, in the early days, uh, obviously when the New Zealand Knights was in the A-League, um, came across a couple of times a year to play. 
Um, beautiful city. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, from a leisure point of view, I haven't spent any time really. It was always for, for business when I was playing football. Um, but like you say, uh, I was over there a couple of years ago with Perth Glory. Um, we played at Eden Park against the Wellington Phoenix. Spent some time with Chris then. Uh, Chris is a, a great guy. That, um, I played with him in, in the UK um, 2002-03 when he was over there. So we were teammates. Um, obviously, he spoke very, very highly of New Zealand and Auckland as he, as he would um, do. And it's a beautiful place. So, yeah, look, as I said, I'm really looking forward to getting across there and connecting with the, the local community, uh, both football and uh, broader community as well. Yeah, when do you expect to make an announcement uh, on some of the other roles, like the head coaching role? And like, you know, everybody's gagging to know when you're going to, uh, you know, show us a kit and give us a name. Yeah, look, I think there's a there's a process in place. We've got a roadmap, um, and we've got to do everything uh, the right way and strategically. So, um, like I said, that process is on the way now in terms of identifying who the right coach is to to bring success to the people of Auckland. Um, we're obviously very mindful of of the community and how people want to, um, we all want to be successful. We all want to win. Um, so yeah, that process is underway at the minute and we'll, we'll conduct that internally. And, um, but we're aiming towards before Christmas, having a head coach announcement in place. Yeah. Which would be great. That'd be fantastic news. And uh, I mean, do you need to wait for the head coach to be in place before you can start looking at recruitment or is that something you've already started? Oh, look, I think it goes hand in hand. Um, I think obviously the way we want to play, uh, the coach will fit that model as well. Um, so the players that, can implement that style and bring that style to life. Um, we'll make it easier for the coach to actually coach their players. Um, but yeah, certainly um, the coach will have a, a big input in terms of what players come into the organisation. Um, it, it works on two two fronts for us: um, character and competency, competency levels in terms of what the player uh, can bring to the table from a hard skills point of view in terms of the talent, but also characteristics is very important to us. Making sure we've got the right people in the building that's going to drive the club culture and, and represent the people of Auckland in the right way. Now, you made the switch from the conference. I think, were you at Morecambe when you, uh, before you came here or was it Margate before you came to, to Sydney? Morecambe, yeah. I went from Margate to Morecambe and then came across to Sydney, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, those leagues, the conference, well, the National League, as it's now called, and the A-League have undergone a lot of changes since you came across. Do you think yep. that players from the national, what's now the National League can still make that jump and, and come to the A-League? Look, I think you're always going to find outliers in any any walk of life. Um, certainly, the A League has moved on leaps and bounds from 2005 when I made the switch. Um, I think I was very fortunate um, at the time where the league was in its infancy, and um, there was a lot of players probably uh, contracted at the time uh, that clubs would like to bring back. So I, I got an opportunity at, at Sydney FC. Um, but yeah, look again, football as a whole across the globe has moved on from them days. Um, but like I say, you're always going to find an outlier that, that can make a move from, from league to league. So at this stage, we never rule out anyone. Yeah, OK. It's interesting. Um, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you go and, and, and who we bring in. I mean, obviously, we've got the situation uh, which is different from the Premier League and the SPL and et cetera, that you've got to have, uh, you know, can only have five visa players. So in terms of, you know, I, I, I guess a marquees that might fit that New Zealand-Australian profile, uh, are you having those discussions yet? Um, yeah, look, we're having multiple discussions around player recruitment um, in terms of obviously we want to have a real New Zealand uh, feel to the team, uh, something that the, the Auckland people can identify with and really get behind. Um, in my experience across the A-League, um, your visa players uh, are very important. It's very important to take your time and get them correct. Um, obviously, it's a big adjustment for 
um, those players and the families moving from whether it be South America, Europe, wherever it may be. Um, so there's a, a time period where you need to be patient with uh, them players when you bring them in. Um, but yeah, look, we're, we're having multiple conversations around uh, local players, homegrown players, visa players, marquee players. Um, so it's an, an exciting time for everyone at the football club. Yeah, mate. It's, it's like, I, I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's like that whole, you know, plugging in football manager and starting a new season, isn't it? Something fresh completely. You've got, you got a blank sheet to work with. It is, it is. Um, you know, that, that's the exciting part of it. Um, but, you know, as you, as you know yourself, we're, we're dealing in real life, so we can't just press delete and start again. So uh, that's why we're, we're, we're taking our time and we're making sure we're doing the right um, strategy and we've got the right process in place to make informed decisions um, if and when we make the appointments. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. I, I did catch up with uh, an old teammate of yours, Jeremy Brocky. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I asked him. Uh, about about you, what sort of bloke you were, and what you know, what he thought of the appointment, and what he thought you'd bring to the role, and everything. And he had nothing but good things to say, Terry. But he did say, because uh, I said, "Well, Terry's from Northern Ireland. Uh, how did you get on with understanding him?" And he said, "Well, once we had a couple of beers, we were both speaking the same language, so it was fine." <laughs> uh, Jeremy's a fantastic boy. He uh, he came to us at Sydney FC um, when he was a young boy. And, um, he, he did fantastic well the first couple of seasons and then um, he went back I think he went back home to, to New Zealand and then obviously kicked on with his, his career uh, Newcastle Jets and overseas as well so yeah he's a fantastic guy and he'll, he'll be definitely someone that I'll be reaching out to as well in, uh, again and uh, acquiring some of that local knowledge Oh don't you worry about that he's, I think he's already fishing for an invite mate after the chat that I had with him he's got his, he's got his, uh, his football school uh, going up in Townsville now and uh, I think he's bringing some teams over here to play in the tournament in Christchurch soon so no, yeah. doubt, no doubt you'll be hearing from him no, I look forward to it Yeah now uh, what, is, what is your, uh, your choice of drop if, if you're going to have a, uh, a cold one Oh look I think at the minute um, you know obviously I've had a bit more time on my hands I could enjoy a drink, but uh, every now and again when the time's right. But I think at the minute the job's too big to, to even think about that. So my, my focus is, is solely on creating an environment for the players and the staff to come in and be successful. So I'll save it up and hopefully at the, the end of the season, once everything goes to plan, we can enjoy a nice celebratory drink. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And, and Terry, in terms of the type of football you want to play, I mean, I think about you, a lot of fans probably think about you of the A-League. When you you're a no-nonsense midfielder, you couldn't get past... Terry McFlynn, and if you did get past, he'd make you pay for it, right? So, what the, the, we kind of have this in our head as the type of player you were, but what sort of style of football do you want to play? Oh, look, I, I love watching good football. I um, always have done, always always wanted to be involved in teams that played good football. Um, I, was, I never had the ability to um, play at that uh, type of level. So, I remember a coach that we had at Sydney very in the early days, Pierre Lebarski. Um, I think I actually might have been against New Zealand Knights. Um, I tried a trick. Um, on the sideline, and it didn't go didn't go to plan. Put it that way. And uh, I remember I remember Pierre telling me back at the hotel. He said, "Look, what you do for the teams is great." He said, "But you got to remember in life, there's people that can play a piano, and there's people who can carry a piano." He said, "He said, and you're a very strong boy." <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, that very quickly put me in my place and said, "Right, that's what that's what I need to do to bring to the table." But look, in terms of in terms of playing, I love um, watching teams that play. A, a high-tempo, possession-based game, um, possession for the purpose, moving the ball, trying to break the opposition team down, fast ball movement in the final third and creating chances. Um, what we want to do is really excite the, the supporters, get them into the stadium in the droves um, and create a, a team that's, that's full of exciting players, um, both with and without the ball. 
Now, Terry, before I let you go, I do have to ask you one question. Uh, you, you did spend a bit of time at, at, at Queen's Park Rangers, but was there a team uh, as a kid growing up that you supported that you you know had the shirt for Christmas and that sort of thing that you maybe still look for their results today? Um, look, as, as a kid, obviously growing up in, in Northern Ireland, um, everyone supports either Man United or Liverpool. Um, so I sort of was leaning towards Man United uh, a little bit. Um, but like you said, as a, as a kid, when I went to, to QPI, then my, my whole focus was on on that club. And um, that's the way I sort of live my life. Every every club I, I go to and I'm a part of, I dedicate myself to that club. Fantastic. Great answer, mate. Uh, look forward to you uh, landing over here and getting to know you better and, and see what you put in place. Uh, Terry, once again, congratulations on the new role and uh, look forward to seeing you. Lovely. Thank you very much for your time, Ricardo. You go 20 past seven. That is uh, Terry McFlynn, the new director of the Auckland A-League Club, is he? What did you take out of that? Yeah, great chat, uh, Ricardo. I think a couple of questions is, obviously the big one is the coach. Mm. You know, like who who are the viable options to take over this team and, you know, have some... It reminds me of the similarities of a new franchise, a new team, a la Miami and mm. where they've gone to to get to where they are now. So recruitment and coaching is probably the big questions. And I just I was just doing some research online just then, just trying to figure out the salary cap of the A League. It's it's around two point eight million per season. You've got to spend ninety percent of that uh, on players throughout the year. If you add that, it's about roughly one hundred and forty thousand per player a year. Um, is that where it needs to be? But like you think with uh, the Miami team, like their access to all these huge players, you can't compare because mm. they're over in, in the big smoke where we're down under. But the recruitment-wise, are we able to entice some marquee signings to come and play for this team? Money isn't a problem, but the salary cap obviously is. Yeah, well, yeah. Can we get to a situation where there's going to be some heat there? Yeah, I think so because they they also have a a rule where you can uh, every team can have a marquee player who doesn't count against yeah, salary so, cap. So they can be whatever. Yeah. So I mean, you could you could pay you know your salary cap as you said is two point eight million. You could you could mm. pay another player two point eight million if you wanted to. What? What? <laughs> How good is this? This yeah. is like a just a, a footprint with nothing, no limitations mm-hmm. whatsoever. To come along and, and bring this team on the map from the get go. Yeah, hundred you know, like, percent. Yeah, I, I actually read there was a really good article. A spinoff. Somebody at Spinoff wrote a really good article about it, and they talked about some of those names. And one of the names that, that, that which I thought was actually really good, uh, could have been a good fit, was Jamie Vardy, the Leicester striker. Oh, how good was that? Like that's the thing. You got Bill Foley who owns a couple of teams up in the north. He's got connections everywhere. This is huge. For the A-League, like his potential to entice some big names down to the A-League, put it on the map even more. You look at the MLS with Messi over there and a couple of other big players that have played on the big stage. They are well and truly on the map. Yeah, exactly. I can only see good things for the A-League in this. And Bill Foley said he wants to spend 100% of the salary cap. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm not, not interested in 90. I want, to, I, want to spend, I want to spend everything I can to make this team as good as it can be. And so I- is that the way about it? Ricardo, I think, because a lot of Kiwis, we like breeding our own, blooding our own, and bringing them up through the academies and getting them on the big stage. Would it be encouraging knowing that you've got a Jamie Vardy coming over and playing in your team 
Oh, would everyone love that? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, t- totally. And that's the other thing is we only have five visa spots, right? So everybody else has got to be a Kiwi or an Aussie. Mm. So that'll be interesting to see where they go there because, I mean, when's Chris Wood going to be finished playing Premier League? You know, can you imagine if they mm. managed to entice him back, and then and he's not, you know, the, 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 those kind of options that I'm sure they're they're discussing at the moment. Oh man, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting. So coaching. Who's who's a name that you'd love to see have a crack at the top league? Would you love to see an up and coming coach, or would you just go throw the kitchen sink at someone? I think they what they will do is they'll throw the kitchen sink at someone. I know that they, there's mm. been talk about Kevin Musket, who was the Melbourne mm-hmm. Victory coach for a long time, uh, yep. and he's had a job in over in Belgium. He's been looked at for a couple of jobs in the second tier in England. So somebody like that, I, I think, is probably where they'll go. I mean, I, I'd love to see Kiwi, but I'm just not sure that we have one at the moment that quite fits the bill, unless Danny Hay has yep. done his uh, has done his coaching badges, because uh, you have to have X amount of coaching badges uh, to to coach in the uh, in the A League as a head coach. I'm, I'm sure Danny's close to that, but I mean, he would be another uh, an, another one that is a possibility. Beautiful. There's there's a lot of possibilities and there's some potential with this new inclusion of this Auckland A-League team. And uh, great get, mate. Great to hear from. Yeah, it was. Yeah, great to get uh, Terry McFlynn. I think it's, a, it's the first interview he's done since he's uh, had the role. Nice. So, uh, yeah, good to get him on. It is 25 past seven here on SENZ. You're with Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It's Tradies Hour with night and day warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50. Keep your texts rolling through as well. Uh, we have got a, a prize through Chemist Warehouse, a fragrance package uh, for the text of the day every day. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse. Whether it's a stocking filler for the main gifting event or all uh, the main gifting event, Chemist Warehouse have you covered. Pop in store or head online today. Plenty of texts coming through as well, including, uh, Robbie, some help on uh, for, for Ryan and Red Beach. Uh, you've, you've got a fix that's come through on the text machine. Uh, who? No name on this one, though. Um, I had had someone call in who uh, who said basically if if you if you've got the um, you can go into your web app mm. um, and load up Love Racing and access uh, access it that way. Okay, there you go. So go into uh, your, uh, your Love Racing and then you can cast. So you got to have your, f- your TV hooked up to the internet. Yeah. You go into the browser and then you type in Love Racing and then you can watch it on Love Racing. So there you go. There you go, mate. If uh, you need help, just log in and clear your history, and you'll be away. Definitely clear your history. Definitely. Um, there are lots of <laughs> lots of fixes, technical fixes coming your way right here. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bed Post text machine. It's time to catch up with uh, Araha for the latest in news. For Kubota, Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. 26 away from 8 o'clock here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Here's some sports news headlines for you. How's this, Izzy? The Premier League have just announced a new TV deal with Sky, TNT and the BBC. Uh, So Sky get 215 games per season minimum. TNT get 52 matches per season and BBC get the highlights. This is a four-year period starting in 2025. Mm-hmm. And Sky will broadcast all 10 matches on the final day of the season for the first time. Uh, it's going to cost them £6.7 billion. Pounds. No. Hey! <laughs> 6.7 billion. 7 pounds. billion. 
Okay, that's that's close. Uh, that's thirteen point two, thirteen point four New Zealand billion dollars. Yeah, for four for nice. a four year deal for the Premier League. There you go. Mm. Plenty of money. That Plenty is money. absolutely ludicrous money. <laughs> How much of that goes back into the teams? A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it goes into yeah. the teams for for prize money and things. And then you basically you get uh, you get prize money depending on where you finish every year. So even the team that finishes twentieth yeah. gets X amount of prize money. And then when you get relegated, okay. they have what they call parachute payments. So I think the first season you've been relegated, you get eighty percent of what you would have got for finishing twentieth. And then the third, uh, second season sixty, and then the third season forty, and then that's it. You get cut off. But so. Wow. Yeah, crazy money. Lots no. of money, mate. Lots of money there. It's close to the IPL. IPL signed their broadcast deal. I think it was four billion, maybe even more. You think of the, the Indian Premier League cricket? Yeah, that thing is flying. Oh, man, that is huge. I mean, they've expanded it. I reckon they'll expand it again before too long, uh, just quietly. Mm. Um, speaking of Premier League, Manchester City have been charged by the FA for failing to control their players after Simon Hooper's mistake at the end of the three-all draw with Tottenham. Several of City stars, including Erling Haaland, surrounded the official after reversing his decision to give advantage as Jack Grealish bore down on goal in stoppage time. If you haven't seen this, right? So Haaland has the ball, gets fouled, but carries on and puts this pass through. He puts the pass through. Jack Grealish has got a couple of defenders just behind him, but he's basically one-on-one with the keeper from about 30 yards out. And then the referee goes, oh, no, it's a free kick. Bring it back. So, which is why they're, which, which is what, yeah. I mean, was, he made a mistake. He shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Harland apparently not going to be published, uh, not going to be punished for on, posting on social media with a, a video replay of it. What the f? Um, but it is the third time in twelve months that City have been in the trouble for uh, for the same thing for hounding officials. Uh, they've got three days to respond to an FA charge before it goes to an independent panel. Last time round, they got handed £75,000 fine, um, and that was after a game over, uh, a victory over Arsenal. So what they go to next, mind you, it's Man City. They'll probably find that down the back of the couch in the executive lounge. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting you talk about the officials because it's just been announced that Tom Foley has stood down from international rugby, and obviously he was the TMO in the Rugby World Cup final. And I had my opinion to say on that, and I was pretty... Pretty gutted because rugby is heading in a, in a bad direction the way that the game's been officiated and, and the carry on. Um, but you never ever want someone to to cop it left, right, and centre and get some pretty vile abuse online. And and it's not the only one. I think Matthew Raynal and I think Wayne Barnes is, is, is retired as well. So we're losing a lot of these officials because of because of uncertainty from the way the game's mm. been officiated. And, you know, they're doing what they're being told. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of time to reflect on my outburst on Sky TV at halftime <laughs> in that Rugby World Cup. And, you know, in the heat of the moment, you do things that you, you think, okay, could have probably done that better. My wording was probably should have been better. Um, but uh, in saying that, the game needs to have adjustments because at the end of the day, Ricardo, these refs are, are human. And we're not perfect on the rugby field. We make a ton of mistakes, and we get told about them. And officials are going to miss certain things. But I guess the situation where rugby's at at the moment, there needs to be some work done big time because that is our showpiece event, and that's all you take away from yeah. it. And now we're still seeing the drag-ons from those effects. You know, these, these refs are stepping out like, we need refs in the game. We what? need people to officiate. 
And and also and people re- seeing that, they ain't gonna want to do it. No, but remember though that the World Rugby came out afterwards and said that he had overstepped his bounds as TMO. Mm. So yep. World, World Rugby went, oh, no, no, you, you shouldn't have done that. And then they admitted the mistake mm. about the five phases instead of the two phases, you know, for the try that was disallowed and, you know, a bunch of stuff. So it's not like they've mm. – not saying that they should protect, like, you know, they they should admit when there are mistakes made, but it's kind of – I don't know. They, they certainly sort of put it out there. It felt like he was hung out to dry a little bit. Yeah, he was. And, look, when you're on the big stage, you know, and you're in your moment, you want to – you want to have a have a go, have a say, back yourself, and he backed himself, and probably probably a little bit more than we wanted, but yeah, it's um officials are getting a bit of a hammering lately. They are they're getting a hammering left, right, and centre. In fact, uh, there is some talk that they're going to try uh, trial sinbins for referee abuse yeah. in football. Mm. So they're going to they'll probably find a league somewhere to trial it in and see how it goes. So you get a ten minute sinbin th- for giving the referee stick. Yeah, well, that could be. That could be. I would have got plenty. <laughs> I would have got plenty if there was anything going on. Look, I think having an opinion, I think having an opinion is fine. Like we, that game, I don't take away. I wanted just to see the players playing what they were playing, and and take away the fact that the referees are having so much input. But I think it's what goes on post it, like the the kind of comments that these refs were bu- copying, like to their families, directive to their families, some of the. The statements that we've been throwing out, like it's on the sports field, you know, you, you leave it on there. You never ever take it back home to your, to their families and, and hit them like that. Well, um, you know, I was pretty frustrated at half time, but I was more from a frustration point of just let them play the game. Yeah, stop just blowing let them the whistle. Play. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, Brad has texted through on double eight double three. I still don't understand why you apologised after your half time spray. Is he? It was your mm. opinion. And I'm sure a lot of people agreed with you. I feel like we need yeah. more brutal honesty from pundits. Yeah. And I won't change. Don't worry. I, I, I do stand by my comments. It's probably more of my tone that I, I let it out. And I look like a sook. <laughs> you know? I look like a sook. I should have been up and, and proud and, and said it from a way that was respectable instead of looking there like a sore loser. But it was half time. We hadn't lost by then. Yeah, that's uh, true. But yeah, look, I stand by it. Definitely. Uh, Australia's Commonwealth Games boss concedes shifting the multi-sport event outside the nation is increasingly likely. Commonwealth Games Australia Chief Executive Craig Phillips hasn't given up on the nation hosting the next Games slated for 2026, but has said that the Commonwealth Games Federation should seriously consider any offer from outside Australia. It's our preference to host it here, and we'll keep going where we think we have options to explore, but if they have a better option, they should seriously consider it. Ah, well, I was just in Gold Coast, and there's still a lot of um, infrastructure there from the previous Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. I think it wasn't too long ago. I saw the apartments, I saw a couple of the arenas. I don't think you'd need a hell of a lot more money to to have it there. Um, But, hey, what about New Zealand? When was the last time we had it? Was it Christchurch? No, it wasn't. It was 1990 in Auckland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Been a a while, but but then we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the money. Anyway, all good. Exactly. Uh, and the pools have been drawn for the second leg of the HSB Sevens World Series in Cape Town this weekend. The Blackfern Sevens have been drawn with Ireland, Brazil and Great Britain as they look to bounce back from their final defeat in Dubai. Of course, I think Brazil was in the quarterfinals, actually, probably the best-performing team uh, that's in the group there. While the All Black Sevens team, who took home the bronze medal in Dubai, will face Samoa and Australia in Pool C. 
who both lost mm. the eventual uh, finalists in the quarterfinal stage. Canada take the final place in that group. They currently sit bottom um, after one leg. So that's a pretty tough group for the All Black Sevens. Black Ferns, pretty cool group. Yeah, it's well, from the Black Ferns, uh, obviously heartbreak. They were chasing the, the world record for, I think they were 41 consecutive wins. So they were chasing a record which was ru- ruined by the, the Levi sisters. And uh, Georgia Miller had an outstanding final in the hat-trick, but still wasn't enough. And uh, they lost their inspirational leader, Sarah Hidany, um, to injury. So, yeah, uh, they'll need to, to dig deep. I'm sure they'll be more than capable from an All Blacks uh, sevens point of view. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll need to be better. Like losing to Argentina in the semi final, mm. that was pretty um, disastrous. So, they'll be ready up for it because because the blocks, uh, the bits, blitz block box uh, back home and looking to back it up. Yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, tough comp, uh, but that happens this week, and we'll cover that a little bit later on. Uh, there you go, sports news headlines for you. Can Kennards Hire change your life? No. Can they make your job easy? Ken Arts. Ken Arts Hire, kennards.co.nz. It is 16 away from 8. It's 11 away from 8 o'clock. Tradies hour here on SENZ. Is he and Kempi for breakfast? Yeah, warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 uh, thanks to night and day. Reminder to keep your text coming through to double eight double three. We've got that big chemist warehouse Christmas fragrance pack one a day to give away to the text of the day. And John has uh, chipped in regarding referees saying, good morning, fellas. If I was a football referee before every match, I would tell the players, you come anywhere near me or touch me unless you are the captain, I will send you off. It would certainly save a lot of mucking around and take the heat of the referees. Mm. Uh, mm. Totally is, agree. Yeah, problem is that's not a rule in, in football. Anybody can approach no. the referee. But that is one of the things they're talking about. This change, introducing a sin bin, is making it so that only the, referee, uh, the captain can talk to the referee. Yeah, and that will probably um, change a few players' approach, approach it, you know. The way that they approach these these co- uh, referees, and uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a pretty topical conversation now because we're having a you know, bit going on in, in the rugby sense, and then you're seeing what's going on in the English Premier League. Um, there's very limited in cricket. There might be a little bit of heckling out there, but I don't know. I just seen this something on, on Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, and it said uh, English Tom Foley made a series of big calls title match between New Zealand and South Africa in October, including recommending a red card for all that's captain Sam Kane. Since the World Cup referee match, Wayne Barnes of England has announced his retirement and expressed his concerns at the abuse he and his family received on social media. Last week, England captain Owen Farrell said he was stepping away from international rugby temporarily to prioritise his and his family's mental well being, according to his club, the Saracens. And, uh, they're all English, um, and they have had quite enough. Look, I, I don't commend some certain abuse on social media, but the reality is, is we play a, a professional, high-performance sport, and I've been at the forefront of copping absolute uh, hell from people out in the public and in the uh, in the media, and it's not nice. It's not great. But the one thing I took away from that is we're all in control of our actions. You know, my actions on the field weren't great. You know, I wasn't playing and uh, well enough, so I deserved a lot of the the, the heat and co- uh, that I was getting from out there in the public. But I went and changed my mentality. So, so a lot of those people are in control of their actions and the way that they're going to go. And uh, for Owen Farrell and Co to 
step away from the game because it's it's got too much. It's not nice, but the reality is um, you're in control of your actions. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, the, of those three, Owen Farrell is the one that I have the least sort of uh, sympathy for because mm. I'm just like, mm. mate, you, you you were getting booed every time you touched the ball. Sure, <laughs> that might not be mm. great, but... I mean, the perception from the general rugby public is you get protected by the English Rugby Union and you are guilty of multiple headshots on multiple players with your shoulder because you can't tackle properly. So you're bringing it on yourself. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about him particularly. And that's the actions, you know. Like, I had an opportunity. I nearly stepped away from the game and gave up because I I couldn't handle it. But the reality is, is you just got to go away and work on your game. And if your game's right, and you're you're playing well, and the thing with Owen Farrell is is his his game's fine, apart from the tackle height and, and the way that he goes about in, in the collision area, but everything else is pretty darn well. But it's probably his approach. Like he's very vocal when it comes to refereeing. Yes, he's the captain, but I think it's his attitude and his his kind of demeanour towards the referees that has kind of painted the picture of him. Um, you never want to see people step away, mm. but the reality is you are in control of your actions and you can control the narrative. Well, if I mean, I, I'm not in his shoes, but it feel, from the outside looking in, from a fan point of view, this feels like it's his ego talking because he's extreme, he, he comes across as extremely arrogant and won't like being told that he's not liked or that he's done something Well, wrong. being a fellow that had an ego problem, you've just got to put it away. Put it away and and get that ego out of your head because it's taken over my it took me it took over myself for about the last five years and you put it aside and it's the greatest feeling ever. There you go. Um, Izzy has, uh, has has some experience <laughs> there. And well, no, mate, you do, you do, and you, and she, yeah, and, uh, uh, and you know that's fair enough. You've been through that and you you can put yourself in her shoes, whereas I can't. So good to hear from uh, that point of view as well. Yeah, six away from eight here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three. We're a minute away from 8 o'clock. After 8 o'clock, Mike Angover is going to join us, part of the CKB crew. He is uh, over in the States at the moment with Junior Farr um, in the uh, Deontay Wilder camp. Junior Farr sparring him and, and training with Wilder ahead of his bout uh, on December 23. If you've got any questions for Mike on all of that, double eight, double three, flick us through a message, is he? Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking forward to having a chat to him about Titus Proctor. Obviously, um, won the king in the ring. On the weekend and in the middleweight, he's a he's a big prospect going forward, man. I was a big fan of this young kid. He's only been in the fight game for two or three years, fighting out of Hamilton TMT, and uh, he won it pretty easily. And uh, seen where he wants to go. He's got some aspirations to go to the one championship and being the K1 world champion at such a young age. And surely he would have put them on notice on the weekend. Yeah, have to have. Uh, so that is what is coming mm. your way. Also, Paul Mawadi in the next hour as well. Here's Araha now with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is four past eight on your Tuesday morning. And uh, if you're thinking about heading along to that White Ferns game, the second T20 against Pakistan, we do have coverage here, of course, today. I just look at the weather for Dunedin. It uh, looks pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, I'd take a jacket. Uh, we've got uh, weather range from eight degrees, which it is now up to a high of 15, but no rain in the forecast, which is great news. Uh, but it will be a bit blowy. So there you go. If you're heading along to the White Ferns today, uh, rug up when you when you go. But you don't need to take your brolly. That is basically what the weatherman is telling us at this stage. Uh, coming up on the show this hour, we're going to catch up with Paul Mawadi from the TAB. We'll do more of your texts as well on double eight double three. Right now, though, 
uh, we head stateside and catch up uh, with Mike Ango from CKB. Uh, he is currently in camp with Junior Farr uh, and Deontay Wilder getting ready for this big bout on the 23rd of December. But he is also one of uh, the minds behind King in the Ring, which we just saw this weekend uh, go so well at Event Finder Stadium on the North Shore in Auckland. Uh, g'day, Mike. How's, how's Alabama treating you? Yeah, pretty good actually. They got a they got a great setup here. Um, Deontay's gym here, skyboxing here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is real old school. You you, you walk in, it's got gear that's a hundred years old. Um, it smells like blood, sweat, and tears. It, it, it's the the perfect uh, place to to be in camp for, um, and and a great team environment as well. And what what does camp look like, Mike, uh, over there for for Junior Far, and how's Deontay Wilder looking towards his bout with Joseph Parker? Yeah, um, I guess uh, first off, obviously, um, it's a bit odd that uh, we've got uh, Deontay fighting uh, Joseph, and I've called many, many <laughs> of of Joe's fights, um, but yeah, unfortunately, that's the machinations of professional sport. Um, but yeah. but look, obviously, you know, Deontay is taking it very seriously. Joe a, a, is a serious opponent. He provides uh, plenty of difficulties. He's very durable. He's got fast hands, um, you know, and, he, and he's a former world champion. And people think Joe's been around a while, but he's still actually very young as well. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's not an opponent that, that you would take lightly. Uh, you know, Junior's going well. He's obviously preparing for his bout with uh, Frank Sanchez, the Cuban fighter, who's... Uh, you know, ranked inside uh, inside the top ten uh, for three of the four organisations, and I think inside the inside the top six for uh, for uh, two or three of them as as well. Uh, and he's a heavily avoided, highly skilled fighter. So you know, Junior really needs to be on point for that one. Where's Junior at at the moment? I know he was at a bit of a crossroads with his his career, obviously going down against uh, Brown in his last outing wasn't ideal. But uh, where's his? Is it like you know going back to the building site, picking up the hammer, and it it clicks pretty relatively quick? Well, you know you you um, you have to take the opportunities when they come along, and yeah. uh, in this case, it's a perfect opportunity against a guy like Sanchez. Victory over Sanchez immediately puts Junior back in the reckoning. Sanchez is, is I, I guess you'd regard him as the, the A-side in Saudi. He's a guy who's got a lot of promoters behind him. Um, you know, uh, Olympian, uh, well over 200-odd amateur fights, uh, comes through the Cuban school, uh, undefeated, uh, coming off a really good victory over a Jagbar. Um, so, you know, you win against him. Uh, you erase that uh, that blip against Lucas Brown, and all of a sudden you're you're back in the reckoning. So everything is on the line now uh, for Junior in this mm. bout. Mike, it, it, I I can't help but see a few parallels here. Um, you know, when Joe Parker first went and trained with uh, Tyson and Andy Lee, we saw a, a change in mindset, a change in attitude, mm. and and his and his and his fight game lifted. I think uh, it's fair to say. Do you think this uh, working with Deontay in this situation could have the same effect on Junior? Um, oh, look, it's it's always good. There's a saying and a cliche that iron sharpens iron. So uh, when you're in a, when you're in a world class camp, not only with Deontay but with sparring partners like Stefan Shaw, 
and and other guys that that come in because you've got to be at a high level to spar Deontay. Um, that means you're getting good work. It means you're around uh, high level athletes, and uh, that certainly sharpens you. Junior's uh, been in camp with Deontay on, on, on a number of occasions now, so uh, he's he's very well familiar with with what's required. Um, so so certainly being in that environment um, will keep you sharp. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of minds as well. Um, you, you've got a good camp in the sense that you've got coaches and, and people there aren't holding their cards close to their chest. So, you know, you've got uh, combat sports brains who are happy to share ideas and to work together. And that's to our advantage as well. Mike, you're a busy man. Uh, you know, you've been a strike coach for the UFC. You're obviously involved with CKB as well. You're doing this work with, with Junior Farr. Uh, and you also run... Uh, King in the ring back here in New Zealand. Uh, I don't know how you get it all done, mate, and make it run, but uh, how impressed were you with uh, King in the ring this weekend just gone at Event Finder Stadium? Yeah, well, uh, Jason Sadie and Anna, and Anna Sadie obviously run it. I just uh, I just help with the media. But, uh, look, it was it was built prior to the night as the, you know, sort of the, the new wave of young talent coming through, young guns coming through. In many ways, in many ways, Ashia Ibadi was, uh, in my mind, the favourite. He was, of course, the youngest ever winner of King of the Ring. He won um, when he was just eighteen three years ago. Um, you know, um, but there was a, there was plenty of young talent there. Titus Proctor was the youngest guy there, just nineteen years of age. Ram Dirimo was there um, again, another young fighter. There were only three fighters over the age of twenty nine. So. It's, it's exciting for our talent. Um, and of course, as we know, King of the Rings has been a launching pad. But really, the result on the night wore that out. <laughs> Titus Proctor from Hamilton, just 19 years of age, um, in, a, in a war in his first bout. Um, you know, he, he was dominant in that. I think he dropped the guy two or three times, but went to a points decision. Then he had to face Sam Parks. Uh, who was the 80-kilo King in the Ring champion. So here's a 19-year-old going up against a seasoned vet, um, mm. you know, and a former King in the Ring champion. Um, and he absolutely handed it to him, ended up dropping him with mm. a liver shot, finishing him in the second round. Um, you know, that that is, is travelling a hard path. Um, and then obviously he, uh, he was, uh, look, it was a well-contested final, um, but... You know, uh, Titus, again, his pressure, uh, his composure and his ability to close out the round uh, saw him win that. Mark my words, uh, he's going places. Um, and I did like his call out at the end to, to one championship. He said, five years, it's my goal to be a world champion uh, in the one championship, which is probably the strongest striking lead league in the, in the world today. Um, so that's big goals. And we've seen already... Uh, King of the Ring is a launching pad. We've, we've had, I think, six or seven uh, Kiwi fighters who've gone on from King of the Ring to, uh, to to fight in the in the UFC. So let's hope that Titus, at just 19 years old, uh, can now do that, launch his career uh, in one championship.
Mate, he was a hell of a prospect. I, I watched that night fight, fight night, and it was such a good watch. And this guy really stood out amongst the bunch. And uh, no, he's got some big goals ahead. And what's a genuine pathway for him over these next five years? Obviously, the one championship is what he wants. Could he flip the script and potentially head down the Izzy Adesanya kind of line with with the UFC? Look, I think Titus is, is pretty much focused on on stand up rather than the MMA. Um, you know, and don't forget one championship, obviously, offers uh, MMA as well. They're, uh, you know, they're probably the biggest Asian uh, MMA organization. But at this stage, uh, he's very much focused on his stand-up side. He loves Muay Thai. He loves K1 rules. And uh, fortunately, there's a great professional venue for that at one championship. Um, you know, as I say, he's 19. There's, there's plenty of time. And... Um, you know, uh, you, you look at the likes of Izzy and, and other fighters, even myself, what I was doing at, at 19 was having my first fight, uh, you know, not having my 30th fight and, and beating up adults. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's, he's a hell of a prospect. I have to say, I'll give a bit of a shout-out to uh, Asha Ibadi as well. Um, you know, he, he dipped out uh, against a very awkward opponent in the semifinals, but he's another great prospect. Um, as well, who trains out of King's Academy. Um, you know, we have this raft of young talent that is coming through. Um, and if you have a look at our, our uh, more seasoned professionals, most of them are now at that point where they're over 30. So we now need to look at succession planning uh, in terms of, you know, the next tier coming through. And we need to be developing those guys. And, and that's something that, that's occurring. Um, if you had a look at that card, there are a couple other fighters, um, you know, on that card. Uh, Ashley Nesbitt, 17 years old. Hayden Skipper, 20 years old. Uh, Ram Didimo, 20, 22, I think. Um, you know, uh, Sarah Ahmed, she was just 17 years old. Uh, these, these are guys who are starting to get up in their stats. So for the first time, really, in New Zealand, combat sports history, we're starting to get guys at a young age who've been doing this for a while already. They're not late to the party. They're, they're, they're you know, almost veterans uh, before they hit their 20th year, which is, which is promising. I might be well off the mark here, um, Mike, but was Ashia Abadi a little bit off on the night? Like, he's very talented. I was watching his style, and, man, he's some freakish kicks and his punching, his counter-punching was, was out of this world. But he just, I, I look, I felt like he, he had a lot going on, obviously losing a pretty influential person in his life, um, his former trainer. Um, was, he, was he there? Uh, I, I've, seen him, I've seen him fight better, um, and he, he'll come back from that and, and improve. He'll, he'll have a look at it. He's got a pretty good team behind him. Um, so, I, you know, I, I expect him to do really well. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just uh, Chris Martin, his, his boxing trainers, uh, passing a couple of months back, um, but also um, I forget his friend's last name. His first name was, I think it was Case or Kasi. Um, you know, he had a friend pass who was very, very young. Um, you know, he was fighting in their memory. So, you know, that that's a, a big thing for, for him, for a young man to to deal with. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the that's the fight game. Um, mm. if you have an off night, um, you know, um, you know, particularly in a tournament, 
um, it, it can be hard to get back on the horse. But the thing, and I think the difference between boxing and, say, kickboxing and, and MMA is the matching's a little bit different. You're not wedded to this idea of the, uh, you know, the, the undefeated record. Um, we, we're, we're a lot more even in our matchmaking than you typically see in um, professional boxing. So, you know, that's, this is just the, uh, the, the ebbs and flows of a career. Of course, um, huge weekend for, uh, just, just diverting from a huge weekend for our boxers as well. Jerome Pampalone, first round yeah. knockouts, and now he's number one contender. Miyamoto, Lani Daniels, uh, Lani uh, mm. uh, attaining a new world title, Miyamoto retaining hers. So, you know, there was so much going on. Um, and also shout out to Michelle Preston as well. She won the WBA Oceania title. I think Michelle's 43 years of age. Um, so that's not a bad weekend. I think, you know, I think we should celebrate our, our athletes, um, you know, and, and acknowledge them. Yeah, man, we, we, we're absolutely owning it at combat sports at the moment. It seems seems to be wherever you look, and in and, and different disciplines as well. I did want to ask you about uh, where some of the CKB fighters are at, mate, uh, particularly uh, Mike Blood Diamond, because I know that he's had a bit of a rough time in the UFC. What, what's his plan from here, do you know? Um, well, I know that uh, Bloods is uh, looking to continue his career. Um, it's just a question of he's got to pick up a couple of wins. Um, you know, and just despite the, the the not so great results in the UFC, he's, he's, he was still rapidly improving. Um, mm. uh, you know, and he, he had a lot of work to do coming in from kickboxing. Um, so, you know, he, he's still wanting to to continue in his career. So we'll just see where where he goes with that. Uh, Bloods has got uh, you know uh, plenty of credentials that that he can line up on. Obviously, too, this weekend we've got Kevin Jusay uh, fighting in Vegas against Song Canan um, as well. So we've got UFC action this weekend for, for Jusay, who's a city kickboxing fighter. So I'll be heading across to Vegas on Friday for that to join Eugene and, uh, and Andre and Kevin. Uh, you know, flying visit through Vegas, back to Alabama on Sunday. But uh, So, you know, it's a busy time for, for combat sports. Mate, you and Eugene must have absolutely ludicrous amounts of uh, air points. The way <laughs> the travelling that you boys do, I see you're ringside yeah, well, with every fighter. Yeah, there's uh, there's no there's no rest for the wicked um, <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, but yeah, no, we're not complaining about the air points. Actually, there's one other uh, person who needs a good shout out too. Uh, while I'm on that. Um, this last weekend was, of course, the uh, I think it was the South Pacific Olympic Trials. We had uh, old Polynesian Islands, Tonga, Samoa, UA, Fiji, Australia, New Zealand boxing teams all competing for a place at the Olympics. Um, so, you know, let's have a shout out for that. And in particular, Doug Viney was coaching the uh, the Tongan team. His son Roman got a silver medal there, just just short of qualifying for the Olympics. Um, I think they, the Tongan team, got two silvers and three bronze. New Zealand got a number of silvers and bronze. The Australian team, of course, were the juggernauts as as ever. Um, but again, you know, it's just a massively busy weekend. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that in our media news ranks, there's uh, there's plenty of places for you know what an All Blacks aunties, uncles, 
uh, launderer <laughs> was doing over the weekend, and perhaps not enough coverage for the the world class um, combat sports that was happening. But such is life. <laughs> yeah, you know it, Mike. You know it. we actually had a text through earlier from Kevin, uh, who who listened to us in Titarangi, saying much the same thing. He basically was like. You know, the, the Phoenix are top of the league, but you wouldn't know it. The Herald's back page is about Bowden Barrett coming back in 2025. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> that's bang on the money, mate. Hey, Mike, listen, thanks for coming on. Go well, brother. And uh, good Cheers, luck in Mike. Vegas this weekend and uh, enjoy that camp in Bama, eh? Yeah, sure, guys. And uh, thanks for having us on. And uh, thanks for the shout out, Combat Sports. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, awesome. man. Anytime. Appreciate you. Uh, Mike uh, Ango over there with us uh, out of CKB. Yeah, uh, he does He does have a point. I, I yeah, used to, he does, I, I used to sure. say that as he was like, you know, if, if Dan Carter helped an old lady across the road with her shopping, that would lead the sports news over anything else. Uh, Matt, look, I'm, I'm rugby through and through, but I totally agree because on the weekend I was looking for everything king in the ring and it was hard to find anything. Going on Twitter, there was nothing. Going on the stuff. Website, nothing. Going on, typing in King in the Ring, absolutely nothing. The only page you had was the King in the Ring website. Totally agree. Yeah. You know, unless you're top of the pile, you know, as you had a or Dan Hooker, or even Dan Hooker probably struggles to get any, any major headlines, you're going to struggle. And particularly with the talent we have. You think, uh, you know, Jerome Pampelone, like he is a huge prospect and potentially could be our next uh, world champion. You know, and he's still getting very limited um, uh, coverage. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's up to us to change that, mate. So we'll have to we'll have to lead the yeah, way. Yeah, I love I love the fight game. I absolutely love it. A Sunday Arvo put the, put the barbecue on and book a book a big fight, mate. I'm all about it. Yeah, just, so we'll we'll be covering it more. Just don't put the barbecue on on. Your irrigation line. That's what we've learned this week. Uh, you're on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. I can't believe I did it. <laughs> Keeping you healthy this summer. 8.27, you'll find the perfect gift for your loved ones this Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. We do have a uh, fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse to give away every day for the text of the day. We've got a few uh, a few options here, Izzy. I, I did see Ed has just sent this one through. Uh, Izzy put the stopper on Sam yeah, Parks. <laughs> so it's not going to be Ed. Um, yeah. and, and after my weather report uh, earlier, uh, no name on the text, but hey, Rick Dog, it's drizzling in Dunedin right now. Uh, so um, <laughs> after I said you wouldn't need an umbrella, I, che- I have rechecked the Met Service forecast, and according to the Met Service forecast, it is not raining. But then I'm not in Dunedin, and neither are they probably. So, uh, uh, and you're so not in Christchurch, and it's drizzling. Ah, right. Okay, there you go. You <laughs> might be a bit closer to it. Uh, but have you got uh, have you got somebody you want to you want to give this to, mate, uh, for a text of the day? Ah, uh, I'm thinking. I'm I'd thinking love... Brad. Brad's is quite good. Yeah, yeah. I think Brad. I, I think Brad's pretty good at the moment. But you still got time. You still got time where you want to give it away now? Oh, uh, well, okay. All right, we'll, get, we'll give you 20 minutes to better Brad's text. If you didn't hear Brad's mm. text, it was, I still don't understand why you apologise after your halftime spray, Izzy. It was your opinion, and I'm sure a lot of people agreed, I feel like we need more brutal honesty from pundits. That's from Brad. Mm. Uh, so if yeah. you can beat no, that, that was, double eight, double three. That was a good text. But I, I feel like there's, there's a lot of people this time of the year in, in need that would absolutely love this, this gift too, so... If you if you know that certain someone and why they deserve it, just send it through double eight double three and and we'll do our best to get that to you. Uh, I'm in a giving mood and I want to I want to give away as much as possible over those next couple of weeks before we head off. 
All right, and uh, if you want to, if you want to get paid today, Barry has been on a bit of a heater of late, and he's just texted through. He said, "I know it's, I'm too early for the kicker, but there is a great bet in the second cricket test. Each team to take ten plus catches in the match at three dollars fifty. Wow! So that would be half the wickets in the in the test would be catches. Ah, uh, good good shout. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was, there was a lot caught behind and a lot caught sort of at point in that other test, mm. wasn't there, in the first test? So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get uh, we'll get it looked at by our uh, our, our cricket expert, uh, Robbie, and we'll come back to you with some uh, some, some more intel on that one. Well, here's another one. Yeah. Izzy, go to the local shop, get a decent-sized concrete paver square for placing the firebox on. You can store it in a shed, and when not on regular loose, you can also get a fireplace guard to place it around to stop the dog, cat, or little fingers getting burnt while it's heating up or cooling down. Mate, I'm not that handy. <laughs> Mate, how, how... It's a concrete slab you move around. It's not that handy. <laughs> what are you saying? Oh. Yeah, but you got to be handy to go get it. Yeah, I'm not oh, yeah. That handy. No, no, he's not that handy. Can, can somebody at Placemakers please drop one off? Uh, <laughs> uh, keep your text rolling through, double eight, double three, if you've got anything you want to share with us, and we'll find the perfect gift for your loved ones uh, this Christmas uh, from Chemist Warehouse with one of those fragrance packs. Here's Araha for, uh, with news now for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. It's 27 away from 9 o'clock. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Paul Mawadi, good morning to you, sir. Yeah, morning, Ricardo. How are you going? Well, I've been better, mate. Uh, my, my NFL multi got smoked pretty hard yesterday. Yeah, not even a bonus bet. No, not you even a bonus bet. That was your fault, Paul Mwari. You come on here, seed your spray, and then bang, the 49ers just did the Eagles. It was a good one, but it wasn't that one. Well, the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> they beat Kansas City Chiefs too. Gee, the Chiefs. That was a big, big surprise. I guess the Packers are always very, very hard at Lambeau, but... Um, mm. I don't know, but Ricardo, you've got to factor in the Taylor Swift... Uh, oh, I'm just saying this. I'm, I'm not saying Well, she's mates with Drake. Do you reckon it's uh, the Drake's curse gone on a Taylor? Oh, it's yeah. sort of it's rubbed off. Yeah. yeah. What happens if What happens if Taylor Swift and Drake turn up at the same game supporting the same team? Does it kind of work oh, like? No. Does it? Do they lose extra bad, or does it sort of uh, cancel each other out? Do you think the lights go out? <laughs> <laughs> it finishes nil nil. <laughs> oh. oh, Paulie, what's right, uh, Paulie. What, what's big for you today, brother? Well, Monday night football. Uh, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, and we've got a same game claim promotion on that match as well. Um, I, I guess for Bengals fans, um, it's a case of oh, no Joe Burrow. Um, so. Can oh boy! Well, and Paulie, just Brownie. before you carry on there, mate, I backed against the Bengals last week when they played the Steelers because they had no Joe Burrow and they still bloody won, and I lost that bet too. <laughs> well, I think I think that might just be a wee bit of an anomaly. Um, okay. I, I don't know if you can sort of um, throw all your your money behind the likes of Jake Browning um, to get this Jaguars team. Um, 
uh, sorry, the Spengals team home again, even though uh, a positive light for them is the fact that T Higgins is back in the lineup, which should stretch that Jags defense and give the likes of Jamar Chase maybe a little bit more room. The problem is that um, Bengals defense has been terrible um, this season, and I just don't think that the um, the Bengals can will be able to offensively be able to uh, I, I guess cover for the fact that they've got such a bad defence. So head-to-head at the moment, Jags $1.18, Bengals $4.40. Boys have put out a boosted market as well, Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne, each to score one or more touchdowns. That's been boosted from 5.50 out to 6. Um, Jamar Chase, what, he went for around 80, I think, odd yards last week with uh, Jake Browning at quarterback. So obviously... Uh, he's found a bit of a connection with the new quarterback. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enough this weekend, uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, maybe he does score a touchdown. Travis Etienne, the, the running back for uh, the Jacksonville Jags, I have no doubt will be scoring a touchdown today. And he is $4.50 to be the first touchdown scorer in the match. Hey, Paulie, uh, obviously Tiger just uh, competed in the Hero Championship over the weekend, made the final day. He looked okay, still his bodies is in, in absolute bits. Do, do you feel like Tiger wants to play one a month? Um, yep. Potentially he's going to play probably weaker PGA fields, if there is such a, a weak field out there, to potentially punch his way to beat uh, old Sneed leading the the most wins on the PGA. Could you see that from what you saw on the weekend potentially happening? Um, I guess it it all comes down to just how his body holds up. Uh, obviously, with him playing one tournament a month, it gives him the opportunity to recover uh, mm. and get, come in fresh to the next tournament. Um, obviously, yeah. So the way that he manages his time on the golf course, uh, I guess we'll play a big factor in that I just no I, I think that mm. ship sailed oh. I, I think yeah. Tigers uh, even in and you say weak PGA tour field there's <laughs> even weak fields there are still some very yeah. very good golfers going around and I I just even though he's one of the most competitive uh, sportsmen around um, I just uh, the body just um, just won't hold up for him I don't think so mm. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that's gone. He, there might be another one more big tournament in him um, somewhere mm. along the lines where everything clicks. But uh, for him to pick up a number of tournaments uh, over the next however many seasons he continues, I don't see that happening. It's interesting, Paul, because uh, last Thursday, Rigger was doing breakfast with us and I asked him because there was a story that came out where Tiger said he'd, he was going to keep playing while he thought he could still win. And I was like, you think you can still win? Like I, I, I mean personally, and you know, I, I love Tiger in his prime. But I was like, man, I don't see you winning anytime soon. No, yeah, and you have a look uh, at the top of the, the cream of the crop in the PGA Tour at the moment. Um, I, I don't think you can get anywhere near the likes of John Rahm, um, mm. Rory McIlroy. It, it's just there's no, there's just too much of a gap there. Mentally, sure, he, I, I'm sure mm. he can still do it, but the body just is, it, it's just not keeping up um, these days, unfortunately. So I think uh, we've obviously seen the best of Tiger, and I don't think um, we're going to 
ever see him get back to those heights again. Well, I'm going to disagree with you all, and I'm going to say he goes out and wins one more because he's going to play events that he hasn't played traditionally. He's always favoured the big events with the big names, the big purses. He'll go chase a small event that all the big players won't be at, and I think he'll have some success there. There you go, Paulie Mighty. Put the, put some odds out on that, mate, and I'll back a winner. <laughs> oh, I love your, I love your positivity there, uh, Izzy. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that he does. I get another win or two. I just it's it, even those mediocre PGA f- uh, fields have some very very good golfers in them at the moment. So um, yeah, it will be very very tough. All right, Paulie, what do we got coming up this week? We've got a big uh, meeting at Trentham, have we? Yeah, that's right. It's um, TAB Classic Day at Trentham this mm. Saturday. Formerly the uh, Captain Cook. Um, so yep. those fields, final fields, will be out tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but I thought we'd have a little bow peep at the uh, New Zealand cricket, the women's team, uh, who, of course, mm. are playing their second T20 today down there at Susie Bates Oval. Uh, and the New Zealand women, after losing that first T20, uh, are $1.22 favourites up against the Pakistan women at $4.15. Uh, the boys put a boosted market out there. Divine to score 30 or more runs. And Amelia Kerr, who comes back into the side to get two or more wickets. That's been boosted from 325 out to 360. There are a number of power plays there as well. Susie Bates to score a century. That's paying $17. Um, I'm just having a, look, a wee bit further down the uh, page. Amelia Kerr to take two or more wickets and to be New Zealand's top run scorer uh, is $7. That's been very, very popular. She's been playing very, very well Ooh, for the Brisbane Heat over bet. in Australia. Um, and I just I like it when a, a player's in form um, to jump on because um, they, that form usually continues, um, which is why I struggle to understand uh, why Ratchan Ravindra wasn't in that first mm. test match side uh, mm. against Bangladesh. Yeah, uh, last week uh, it just when you're hot, yeah, you're hot. Yeah, hot. When you're you hot, get them in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Izzy? Because if you look at, uh, you know, they keep persisting with Henry Nichols, who I know has had some good domestic form, but you go back through his career, his career in the subcontinent. He, you know, he normally averages thirty-eight in tests. In the subcontinent, he averages sixteen. Um, which, mm. which I think says everything. So I don't know why you. Uh, they do some funny things in, in the in their black stat. Black Caps team in terms of selections, you just got to play him, mate. He's on a heater. He's going to probably go for the most in the IPL. He is such hot yeah, well, top, uh, property at the moment. You look at that World Cup, and mm. our two best players were probably uh, Ratchin Ravindra, yep, um, mm-hmm. and then Daryl Mitchell. Um, mm. So Daryl Mitchell comes in uh, to the Test team, and he scores a forty odd and a fifty odd. Um, because he was hot. So mm. I, I, you just you follow that same sort of reasoning. Yeah. You put Ravindra in as well. Hey, I just mm-hmm. and he can bowl a bit. Hey, Paulie, I was going to ask you actually. You know, Susie Bates Oval today. Have, yep. You know, which is great. It's great that they're they're honouring her in that way for her three hundredth game uh, for the White Ferns. But have you had anything named after you? There must be a Paul Moati Lena somewhere, surely. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor very, Moati's very rough. good, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find plenty of that when I'm on a course. <laughs> uh, good stuff, Paulie. Thanks, mate. Go well.
Very Cheers, good, boy. Paulie. Have a good day. Cheers. There you go. Paul Mawadi with us. Uh, always gives us a laugh and a few tips to uh, avoid as well. Uh, check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. When we come back, we'll do more of your texts and give away that fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse. It is 12 away from 9. We'll catch up with Smithy shortly, but uh, we do need to give away this uh, Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack because, uh, of course, that is the uh, home of fragrance, especially heading into Christmas. And we've got plenty of options on double eight double three. Richard has texted through, is he? This is by far the best text you'll read out this morning. That's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard, for that. Thanks for trying, hey. mate. Thanks for trying. What are you saying? Yeah, well, exactly. He's, he's trying it on. Uh, Morena, Izzy, don't beat yourself up, bro. Instead, join our new club. I signed Joey from Staff Show up yesterday. We are the blokes not blessed with a doing dumb shite filter. I had my 70th birthday, and I'm still doing dumb shite. Only difference mm. is that I'm fast running out of dumb shite to do. That is David at Blackball. Well, I keep trying to tell people that I am me. I'm uniquely myself. And, you know, that is probably an asset and, and a downside to it. But anyway, that's okay. I will continue to be better, but I will do dumb shit along the way, a la light my sprinklers on fire. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But we do have a winner uh, for our fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse. Whether it's a stocking filler or the main gifting event, Chemist Warehouse has got you covered. Pop in store or head online today. And uh, you got one for us, Izzy? Yeah, this is a good one. Morena, I'd like to nominate my daughter for the fragrance pack. She's 18 and just finished year 13. She is really sporty, rep basketball, netball in touch, and top teams for rugby, cricket, and water polo. What a talent. Her last two years have been miserable, though, as she has had to uh, get both her hips reconstructed. She's just coming off crutches now and hasn't been has been incredibly brave. Thanks for considering Dan. Well, Dan, that uh, chemist warehouse pack is coming your way for for your beautiful daughter, mate. And all the best with her rec- recovery. And hopefully, uh, that little gift will go a long way. And you'll be in the good books, Dad. Well done. Well done indeed. We'll have another one of those uh, Chemist Warehouse fragrance packs to give away tomorrow. We're doing it all this week and next week as well in the lead into Christmas. We're nine away from nine. Smithy up next. It's four away from nine, which means we're not too far away from Smithy taking over. And he joins us now. G'day, Smithy. How are you? Ricardo, Izzy, good morning to you, fine gentlemen. Oh, mate, good hey to have you, mate. Smithy. Yeah, really nice cap. I love the cap. That's what, uh, is that a par three? Cap or something. That's a nice cap, is he? Yeah. <laughs> par three. Uh, it's it's yeah, par. Uh, don't really get many of those. It's either, it's okay. either double or triple. Is Horrible it? golf game at the moment, Smithy. Oh, playing so bad. Oh, is he? That's no good, mate. Going into the holiday period as well. Yeah. Don't, it's, don't it's worry, Smithy. He's got three rounds this week to, to get his practice in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. God! Have you ever played with? You know, have you played with Sir Bob? Sir Bob Charles? Do you see him at the course? You have you played with him? Uh no, I've never played with him, but I've watched him get a hole in one at the hills on the par three. They got the par three course. Here. I think it was hole number nine into a gale yeah. force win. I think he hits a four on, and he gets a hole in one on the par three and. It was absolutely phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. I've seen him play, but I haven't a- played with him. Why don't you give him a bang on the pipes? He, he likes playing. He, he plays, you know, quite often during the week. He, he's, um, 
Uh, he'd be a good one. Give a bang on the pipes and, and say, Bob, it's, uh, Bob, it's, uh, it's Izzy here. How about we tee it up? Oh, no. I, I play at the same course. I always see him. But uh, I just say g'day and, and leave him on his way. Uh, but, mate, he's still firing. I heard you, mm. your conversation with the other day. He's, he's obviously, you know, aged, but he shot under 60, sub-70 60, uh, sub the other day. He shot 69 at Royal Wimbledon on a recent trip to England. He had uh, six, he had six rounds and broke 80 every every round, including one with Gary Player at Wentworth where he shot 76. Wow, mate, it's amazing what Dev Albert uh, does, eh? <laughs> good honest life. Oh, oh mate, he's he's a good he's a good character. I love seeing him out there, and I've I've watched him play. Mm. He's he's very good. He hits his short irons real quick and uh, real. Real straight and, and down the fairway. So I'll have to hit him up next time. Smithy, what do you got coming up on your show, mate? All oh, right, today, what are we doing? Uh, we're talking football with Chris Wise, uh, looking at the EPL and the issues around refereeing in particular. Uh, talk a, a bit about the teams at the top, but what about the ones at the bottom? Even uh, we're only a third of the way through the season. Steve Davey, just after 10 o'clock, because the White Ferns are scheduled to play against uh, Pakistan in that second T20. Gosh, they've got to win that one. So hopefully they'll get mm. a, a break in the weather and that'll uh, be in the offing. Talk to Stephen Hunt from uh, the TAB. Uh, Louis will talk to him about uh, racing it. How about pickleball? Played pickleball, you guys? No. I haven't, but I've I've, no. I've heard it's a it's a good game. Is that the one when you're in the the cage? No, and no. you can hit off the no, side. That's, so that's paddleball. No, that no, that's UFC. Um, <laughs> Dan, <laughs> <laughs> what is Dan Winkle's? Dan Winkle is uh, going to explain. It's a phenomenon in the United States, and they had a big tournament down there in the bottom of the South Island in Gore, I think it was. So Dan Winkle is going to tell us all about that. It's basically a game played on a a court the size of a badminton court with a net the size of a tennis net, and then you've got um, a plastic ball, and you play with paddles. Um, So you can play pairs, you can play singles, uh, but it's a a phenomenon in the USA. We're going to find out more about it. Outstanding. Sounds like a plan, Smithy. Sounds like you've got a stacked show. Uh, Make sure uh, you ask about the sin bin. uh, They're proposing a sin bin in football for abusing officials, mate. Make sure you ask about that. Okay. Okay. I'll see what I can do, Ricardo. I'll see what I can do. I will be listening. He would have abused a few in his time, so he doesn't want that to come. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great show, Smithy. Here's Ara with you, (laughs) Rick (laughs) Kubota.